Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Lauren Sweeney, your host of the Become Your Best podcast and webinar series. Today's guest is an author, not just once, but he's getting his second book deal just finalized this week. We are excited to hear from Rob Fazio. He is a managing partner with On Point Advising. And he specializes in global leadership, which, man, we need that right now, and organizational success. His approach to advising, it combines original research on power, influence, conversations, and motivation, as well as over 20 years of consulting to elite performers. During the COVID-19 crisis, Dr. Fazio has been advising hospitals and conducting presentations on growth leadership in times of crisis to support frontline professionals and executive leadership. His work on flattening the anxiety curve, oh, so needed, so needed still, here we are 18 months later, has been featured on Fox News and In the Hill. Based on his experiences in sports psychology and executive development, he teaches clients how to remove barriers to function at optimal levels. He's worked with executive teams and coached them throughout C-suite, surgeons, and emerging leaders. Well, we're super honored that he is here today to talk with us. He's the founder and the president as well of a September 11th inspired nonprofit, Hold the Door, which we'll talk about as well for others. The organization's mission is to empower people to grow through any type of loss and adversity and achieve their dreams so aligned with our values here at Rise Up For You. Well, Dr. Fazio, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Lauren. What a great intro. This is a very cool vibe you got going there on that lead, and I like it. Awesome. Well, you're so welcome. We're just here to bring people together. We need it more now than ever. Have collaboration, leadership. Let's start with what you're really passionate about right now. And I know that we could go in a lot of directions, but yeah. let's pick one of them. Uh, I'd say right now what I'm really passionate about is helping people uncover the power that they have within them. So similar to a lot of what you talk about, um, I'm really very interested in people that feel powerless, how you can help them feel powerful. And, and I like to use this metaphor of becoming the Robin Hood of power, right? How do we take power away from people that are dysfunctional and manipulative in organizations and, and give it to people that can do more social good or create an engaging environment and climate so it's a much more healthy workplace, which also translates to our home lives? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. It's giving people tools and letting them know they're not alone. And how can they be optimal? How can they really have that leadership or go after that dream or get out of that rut, yet do it in a space of togetherness and cohesiveness? Yes, absolutely. Well, that that whole collective mindset, I think, is is so important because, you know, the, when you're in tough times, if you have people around you, it kind of spreads out the intensity of the, the difficulty. Um, and then also, obviously, you can play that role for other people. And in tough times, 
often we just don't think accurately. Everything is intensified or we have thinking errors. So just having people around you, like you're saying with that, that collective aspect, I think is really important. Yeah. I love it. Talk to me about some of the work you've done during COVID and the increased anxiety, the increased need for mental health support. Let's, let's go there. Yeah. So right, you know, um, right around the, the peak of COVID with the numbers um, in particular in New York, um, a couple of hospitals reached out to me uh, because I, I, I do have a background in working in crisis situations on the whole uh, idea of growth leadership during crisis, which, which essentially is a people first leadership approach that pays attention also to the business and social good. So it's a, it's a responsibility for the employers as well as the employees. And um, in particular, so some of the things I did were your, your classic helping the frontline staff stay focused, be able to recover, um, some of the more interesting work I did was hospitals that had to repurpose during the peak. So let's say they're special surgeons for athletes. And next thing you know, they're tending to COVID patients. And the difference there is um, a lot of the, the staff weren't used to dealing with death. So they were used to certain protocols where they had a lot of data. The next thing you know, surgeons are needing to use respirators. You know, nurses are, are needing to talk to families about someone who just died, which was an everyday occurrence. And so that was really traumatizing. And it, it, it was a lot of try to, how do you leave space for that, pull people together and help them get ready to go into the next room because they were so understaffed and under-resourced. Uh-huh. I love that talking about the pivot and talking about having to shift our mindset and our roles happening in hospitals, but also happening for a lot of us as individuals, not in the healthcare space. Let's talk to some of our audience that is looking to pivot maybe in their career, but they're just not sure where, or they feel a little bit lost, or it is August, 2021. And a few months ago, Dr. Fazio, we thought, ah, amazing. The vaccine's out, things are cruising. And now it's like, oh man, man, it's, it's an interesting time, right? So let's talk about the mindset. What are some tools that us as individuals can use that, that maybe you're teaching as well? Yeah, I think that, you know, the, the first thing is realizing this is a really tough situation. And, you know, human beings are pretty good at acute stress, right? Like something happens, something goes wrong, we fix it. Something happens, something goes wrong, we fix it. This is a consistent crisis. And what you have is there is so much fatigue um, and pressure going around and people's identities getting challenged that I think it has a greater toll on people uh, emotionally and, and psychologically. And as far as, as tools, um, I, I think that what, what's really important is being focused on two things. One, the realization that um, there are going to be more difficult times and having sensible hope that things are going to get better. And the second thing is taking some ownership in what you're going to do to grow yourself or build yourself up. Um, and a lot of times when I say that, people say, well, well, aren't you putting more pressure on you know, on an individual or a person. 
And the truth is, yes, I am. I, I believe in we need to challenge and equip ourselves to have some agency in the direction that we're going um, and, and the path that we're going down. So simple things, you know, around um, there should be a balance between as much anxiety you feel it aligned with how many growth skills that you are creating for yourself. So take something like um, doing something where you are doing something where you're expressing gratitude to colleagues, something very simple or that. So it's always got to be at least a two to one ratio. So let's say during your day, you felt really anxious three times. That means you have to stockpile six positive experiences or learn six new things to distract your brain and mind from the fatigue that the constant anxiety is creating. Wow. I love that. Okay. So if I feel anxiety, like I freak out about something, maybe my little kids did, or I find out, you know, I'm, I'm exposed to COVID and I got a quarantine or, you know, I break a nail. I mean, the anxiety could come from a lot of different things, right? Yes. I'm making light of it, but there yeah. is a lot of things. And, and I think that we're not aware of kind of some of the stressors and then we just snap. But we were triggered earlier in the day by the, you know, dishes not being put away or the chaos of clutter in the house, like simple things. And then we snap at the driver, but it had nothing to do with the driver, right? Yes. yes. So I, I love that. Okay. So if I felt anxious three times, I need to double it. And that's how many conscious acts of positivity and gratitude I need to bring in that day. Yes. With I mean, look, I do this for a living. And just before... I, I came on here. My my nine month old daughter is very sick. My wife and I both have careers, so we're splitting the time. Yeah. And you know, things were a mess. I knew how to get to the podcast. My wife's trying to give the baby medicine, and I'm like, I got to get outside. And I snapped at my wife, right, because it was a long day of these. So my point is, it takes practice. We're not always going to get it right, but once you snap, you have to move forward. You have to laugh about it. You've got to go back and apologize after the podcast. Cause you just realize, Oh, in this moment, that wasn't, you know, a very, very good thing to do. And um, I think that's important. I think um, keeping perspective, but yes, you should have a list of builder behaviors. So things mm. that are going to build you up. And I'm not talking like just positive affirmations, although those could help, but I'm talking about actions, right? Yes. What things that when I do them, I feel enjoyment or I feel good or helps others and having a list of 15, 16 of those on your screen so that you can take these little breaks during your workday and take some action that is going to give your mind and body a little bit of a reset. I love that. I also love having the list because trying to come up with the ideas sometimes is half the battle. And yep. so if I have a go-to list, I'll talk about this with my clients, like a playlist that I can just call up and say, Hey, Alexa, let, you know, play me some fun music. Or I have a picture on my phone. I'll even have an album on my phone. That's just like happy photos that, you know, yeah. fun photos of, of animals or my kids or like, or a beach, like something that immediately brings me back and I can be like, okay, or a meditation, like queued up, like something ready to go so that the mind has less time to think and wander. Yeah, yes. I think those are great strategies because it, it puts the right decision right in front of you and you don't have to waste energy on figuring things out. And I find when people have too much time to listen to the noise, 
they get pulled back into the anxiety. They get both pulled back into some of those kind of negative mindsets as opposed to really focusing on what am I going to do? And, and by the way, Lauren, it's not, it's not easy. It's just simple, right? It's, it, it takes work 100%. to train your brain and to program yourself to do these things. Yeah. And I think, what about, let's talk about who's around us. So the, the news, we talk about it like the fuzzy four, the thing, the conscious consumption, you know, food, binge watching social media or Netflix or the news and people that are around us. And we can't always control a hundred percent of those, but that they do take a toll on us. And that if we can remove some or have consciousness around them, what have you found in ter- especially in terms of who we're around and reducing some of this anxiety? Well, I, I think it's where um, the more experience that people get, I think the more courage they have to have in deciding who is toxic in their life and who isn't. Yeah. One of the, I think, toughest things to do is, so uh, human beings are designed to build community and to connect. And it's counterintuitive to take someone out of your community. Um, however, if that person right, has a pattern of consistently bringing you down, of making you less productive, of creating storms. Those are some really tough situations. Um, And the first step is to have some boundaries around it. Um, And then if that doesn't work, then I think that you have to invite that person to a different community of people, right? Um, And we've got to protect ourselves and our families. And that's why I think I a lot of the reason I got into what I do is I saw my father struggle working for a manipulative CFO in New York city. And on a daily basis, you could see in his face, the, the pain and the anguish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he did that for 30 somewhat years. Um, and we shouldn't have to live like that because it's just not, it's just not healthy. It's not, it, they're calling it the great resignation of 2021. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that. Yes. Yeah. And it's really tough. We work with a lot of CEOs and executives and it's really a hard time for them because so many people are leaving. And then we work with them on, well, what's your company culture and all of that. But since, since we're on the individual side right now, you know, people are really raising their standards and realizing, okay, I can't work 90 hours a week anymore. This is just not going to work. Yes. You know, it's really interesting. Um, Yes. So I've, I'm hearing more about burnout and fatigue than I ever had before. Um, unfortunately, you know, work used to seep into life, but now it's like work-life integration. There, there's really no separation. And if you're a driven person, right, it's very hard for you to turn it off. And now there's almost like an expectation, like we're almost all in the same building. So everyone is virtually walking into each other's office all day long. That's difficult. Um, and I, I think that, you know, there has to be some conversations around that because each individual is very different around what they can do and, and what they can take on. And it's not just as simple as asking like, oh, what works for you? Because people are always going to tell their boss, whatever you need. Right. And, um, yeah. but I, yeah. I, I'm sure you've seen it too, at whatever we are, 17, 18 months, it's plus this new setback with the Delta variant, it's starting to take its toll on people. Absolutely. I I love bringing in that conversation of boundaries. What can I say no to so I can create more space? Even just taking a break, 
you know, my husband and I went away for three days, which to us felt like a long time since we have little kids and coverage and yeah. all the things. Yes. But just that reset, I was like instantly less stressed, instantly less worried about things. I needed to kind of remove myself from the environment, getting the kids ready to go back to school and all the things, and then come back and be be present again and know, okay, it's all right. Everything is not a big deal. It's going to be okay. That that really made a huge difference just, just for, for myself. Yeah, I, well, I'm sure. And, and, you know, on a smaller scale, it's, how can we get some of those resets on a daily basis, right? Take that um, mental or emotional vacation for 15 minutes a day. I, I know the value of meditation. I don't have the patience to do it, but I think it's it's great. It's well-researched. But whatever your your thing is, I mean, for me, you know, I really find a lot of value in, in humor. So I might watch something funny and that gives me a little bit of a, a reset. I do a lot of like phone a friend just randomly and have a conversation or something like that. Um, but again, having those things where, you know, rather than focusing on, I can't get away for five, six days, can you get away for 15 minutes where you can take a little bit of a, a break? Yeah, I love that. I also will set intentional things on my phone. Like it yeah. shuts off at 930 and it says you oh. need to wind down now. And it's such a good discipline because I would just stay up and, you know, if somebody texts me at, last night, someone texted me at 11. I'm the soccer mom. Okay. Which is really such, <laughs> so funny. Okay. So I had to approve our soccer banner, which anybody who knows me knows, like, I'm just like, I'm way into my job. I'm into working out. I love my kids, but I'm just not the soccer mom kind of mom. Yeah. And so, but my point is because I had that kind of boundary on my phone, I didn't see the text at 11. I was sleeping at 11 and those kinds of like external disciplines, whether it be people or food or things or setting, you know, I know we even have regulations on like our TV, like what time we'll watch it regulations, of course, for the kids, but certain things that help that boundary. Yeah. So that it doesn't take as much self-discipline because we don't always have that self-discipline muscle in us. And I love what you said, intentionally leaving for 15 minutes, like what, eating my lunch outside instead of at my desk since I'm at home anyway. Yeah. And I, I think there's something for everyone. I mean, you know, there's so many good resources out there where we can find things that work for us. So I said meditation doesn't work for me. Humor does. But there's there's something for everyone. The whole point is give your brain a break, right? Just give it a break. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Well, so many great things uh, that we could continue to talk about. Tell me a little bit more about Hold the Door. And this is a nonprofit that you work with? Yes, it is. So a um, little little less than um, 20 years ago, my dad was in the towers in New York and um, he was, he saw the first plane coming and he was in tower two um, and he kept telling people to get out of the building. And at that time they were saying to stay in the building, everyone's safe. And in a matter of 15 minutes, he evacuated his floor and the other side of the floor um, and got people out and people kept calling the house saying, you know, where's your dad? He was holding the door for me. He helped me get out. He's got to be home. And, um, unfortunately we didn't, we didn't find him, but we found and heard so many stories of what he was doing in the last moments of his life. And so we use that as an inspiration to help people deal with trauma and crisis and adversity, mm -hmm. but in particular, 
how you use it as a catalyst for growth and strengthen yourself and those around you. Wow. What a story. So sorry about your dad. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Yeah. We're, you know, we're, we are grateful that we have such a memory and a story. And, you know, I always say it's, it's uh, if, you know, my dad's going to go out, going out, holding the door and one of the largest wow. American strategies is a pretty good way to go. Amazing. Well, what a tribute to him. And then, I mean, so many others who lost their lives, but right now we're having a tragedy with COVID. I mean, there's so many things that are happening and so such a great resource to give people resources so they can go to, if you're listening to the audio version, it's holdthedoor.com and they can go there, check it out, get resources and, and gain support during whatever type of maybe tragedy you might be having. Yeah. And just, you know, one more piece around that. So we're very big on people rewriting their stories. And our, our big thing, as I said, is, is growing. And so we've got a validated assessment looking at what are the skill sets that predict post-traumatic growth. So in other words, you mm -hmm. go through some type of adversity, sickness, death. Um, we know what skills not just buffer the negative impact of crisis, but also help you grow. And that's a free resource that anyone could use, send around and Wow. I love it. Holdthedoor.com. Definitely check that out. And then your consulting firm, Rob. So onpointadvising.com. What types of resources will they find there? There's a whole host of uh, micro learning videos. So maybe two minutes or less. Um, this summer I took a little time off, but usually on LinkedIn on Wednesdays, I do a one take Wednesday where I take on a topic and give some tips um, usually around leadership or self-development types of things. Um, and there's a bunch of case studies there and, and, you know, um, free articles and different resources on how to navigate the, uh, the world of leadership and, and work. So important. And of course, LinkedIn is one of your favorite platforms, ours too. Yes. And so they can find you on LinkedIn at Rob Fazio. It's F-A-Z-I-O. There'll be a link to it in the show notes. Or of course, if you're watching live on Facebook and he's also on Twitter, He's on Twitter and I'm, I'm sure it's, it's a little girl that you have, right? I've got two, I've got two little um, alpha daughters. One is five and a half and the other is nine. And, and they are, they are forces to be reckoned with. And then the baby is a, is a little boy. Little girl. Sorry. Yep. Ray. And, Ray well. and okay. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Well, I'm sure that they're going to love seeing their dad on Twitter as they grow up. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. It's Rob underscore Fazio on Twitter. And we do hope that your, your baby feels better for sure. That's yes. Not, not an easy thing when parents are working and, and all the things. Well, Rob, we love to ask a final question. And that is, what does rise up for you mean to you? You know, I, I think it means a couple of things. One is being in a constant state of growth and strengthening yourself and, and trying to get better and be better. And I also have this, when I hear those words, um, I think of not just looking up, but looking at a cross and see who you're bringing along with you as you're rising up. Yes. That's that community aspect that yeah. I love that quote. And it's true. If you look at a, a Harbor rising tides lifts all the boats. Yes. Great quote. It is. Yes. Oh, it's been such a pleasure having you on today. Congrats on the second book. Thank and you. Uh, when will that one be coming out? That's coming out in the fall of 2022, and it's going to be called Bullyproof Using Subtle Strength to Influence Alphas and Strengthen Society. 
Wow. Fantastic. Well, we can't wait to connect more with you. And thank you for contributing today and being on. Thanks, Lawrence. Great to meet you. Oh, my goodness. We could have talked for another hour. So many great nuggets and tools and things that we can use for ourselves as individuals, ourselves at a, from a global organizational perspective, from his nonprofit as well, honoring his dad from September 11th. Just incredible. Well, I'm Lauren Sweeney. I'm your host of the Become Your Best podcast and webinar series. It's been my pleasure to be here with you today. If you would love to talk more and gain some support for yourself around leadership or confidence, you can also text CONNECT to 949-416-0671. That's 949-416-0671 and do a free strategy call with one of our coaches. We will see you in the next podcast.